ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. Jeff, it's Wrestle War 1992 War Games. Destroy or be destroyed. Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. So my first question to you is, what is a squadron? Is that like a military term? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay, well, let's let's look that up. I, I don't know. We'll get into that. That's all right. Yeah, no, this is... Uh... Uh, this is, it should be an exciting one. I know uh, I w- we would never try and top William Regal in regards to his war game announcement, but this was long before any of that was ever a thing. And so uh, this should just be a good one. It's a, a highly rated match. It's going to be a brutal match. And so it should be fun to watch. But, um, you know, I'm just kind of excited. I feel like this is a, a little bit of a sweet spot for you and me, like this early 1990s. Like we kind of we enjoy a lot of this stuff. And so uh, this is one, too, where I'd say, like maybe WCW wasn't getting a lot of the promotion that you know we you know long before ancient is is and what now it takes. Um, but yeah, I think this is just a good opportunity um, for us to talk about this one and you know kind of see a lot of big names as well too. So that's just exciting as well. So um, before we jump into that though, I want to make sure as you like to say, let's let's plug our stuff. Uh, yes, of course, you can always find us on social media. Don't forget at Payoff Pod, uh, Payoff Tom, Payoff Jeff. We're out there. We love interacting with you guys. Every once in a while, we like when we get a fan. I'll get a screenshot from you of someone that messaged you. It's like, hey, what about this match or what about that match? And sometimes we have it on our list and sometimes we don't, but make sure to uh, get it out there. We haven't said it in a while too, but uh, no matter where you're listening to us, make sure five stars. Like We, we always uh, enjoy, you know, we're going to keep bringing these episodes to you boy we're just at this point one and a half or one and three quarters away from 200 so who would have fucking thought that so um we got we got uh, we've come a long way we got a long ways to go we still got a whole lot of more matches we're going to cover but then of course too don't forget for a long time here as you all know our sponsors manscape.com uh long-term sponsor i personally i think i've said it i finally got the weed whacker time i haven't even talked to you about it loving the new one i feel like it's a lot better um a lot faster it's got i've had all I have one charger for everything too now. And so that's good. And so, um, yeah, it just, it, they did redesigned it. It just got a good feel in your hand as well, too. Just like something else. We use one of their other products, like everything to feel good. So, uh, make sure if you're using manscaped.com, our promo code, it's just payoff. So you're getting 20% off and free shipping. Everything you put in your cart, there might be a code already in there. Delete it. Use the payoff code. We want to make sure you get that full discount of payoff, 20% off, free shipping, your entire cart. Doesn't matter what you put in it. It's absolutely worth it. So um, as well, too, don't forget True Classic Tees. That's payoff 25. We're giving you 20, 25% off there. All kinds of good stuff. I know it's True Classic, True Classic Tees, whatever you see on their social media. But 
they got t-shirts, they got pants, they got shirts, they got shorts, they got hats, they got outdoor gear, they got indoor gear, whatever you're looking for, make sure that you're using trueclassic.com, a promo code there, payoff25. So with that, Tom. Don't, hey, let's get into this. Don't, don't steal my line. Nope, let's get into it. I am ready to get into this one. It's time for the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So this is a uh this is a fun one. We're in Jacksonville. We're at the Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum, 6,000 people, May 17th, 1992. Gosh, 31 years ago. Tagline, destroy or be destroyed. One team will stand, one team will fall. In a match so brutal, it can only happen once a year so mm. it's all about this war games match and uh that we would only see i think this was the last wrestle war so we never had uh, another one there were there were four of them total correct yep dark match ddp and tommy rich defeating bob cook and firebreaker chip are we going to cover that match someday uh, I did not add that one to the list. Okay. I apologize. So uh, yeah, please, please if, if the fans want it, we will do it. Yes. We start off with new tag team champions. The Freebirds are going to defeat Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine to win the WCW United States Tag Team Championships. So perhaps there were World Tag Team Championships as well. And there may even have been NWA Tag Team Champions at this time. We, we just, everyone loves a good, a good, Prop is a title. I mean, there's just so many of these damn things. Johnny B. Bad defeats Tracy Smothers. Scotty Flamingo, better known as Raven, defeats Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Ron Simmons defeats Mr. Hughes, who was accompanied by Cactus Jack. Super Invader defeats Todd Champion. Jeff, who is Super Invader? Good question, man. It's Hercules. Ah, I wouldn't have guessed that. So I would have thought maybe the Barbarian, but that's okay. Big Josh defeats Richard Morton. Ricky Morton, but I guess going as Richard Morton at this point, that's how it's listed. Uh, Big Josh was uh, better known to many as Matt Osborne, and uh, at one point, Doink the Clown. Yep. Brian Pillman's going to retain his WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. The Steiner brothers are going to defeat Takayuki Izuku and Tatsumi Fujinami to determine the number one contenders for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. And then the reason we're here, we have Sting Squadron, Sting, Wyndham, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff against the Dangerous Alliance of Stunning Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Sabisco. So that is... In this match, Jeff, I, I mean, that 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 might be – oh, and by the way, the Dangerous Alliance is accompanied by Medusa and Polly Dangerously. Mm. I, all 12 of them might be Hall of Famers. Pretty wild. So this will be a fun one. If not – yeah, if not in it, deservingly. Yeah. And, so, how, and how did um, we get to this match? Did it make any sense or did we just throw these 10 guys together? 
so it did make a, t- a little bit of sense here. I guess you could say, like, you know, just looking at the two teams here, it was like a lot of people who were at the top of the card at this point. And so from, from that perspective, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, and so this match, of course, war, or Russell War, excuse me, the War Games at Russell War 1992. This was May 1992, middle of the month. But we're going to go back actually just a couple months to February. It was Super Brawl 2. You had Sting <clears throat> actually beating Lex Luger. It was in the main event um, of that show to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. So Tim or, or Sting was at the top of the card at this point, especially for his team and kind of what he was doing. Um, at the same show, Super Brawl, you had the dangerous you had Dangerous Alliance member Rick Rude. He actually beat Ricky Steamboat for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship, and so. You're starting to see the team start to form here for, you know, whether it's a big connection or a little collection. So Sting, you got Dangerous Alliance, Rick Rude. He beat, you know, Steamboat. And so makes sense that he ends up on Sting's team with this. Um, you also had Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes beating, again, Alliance members, Steve Austin and Larry Zabisco. So in a lot of ways, it was, uh, you know, I say a little bit of a rematch of these individual matches from Star or uh, Super Brawl. And so the teams kind of made themselves at this point with the different feuds that they were having. You know, it's a very much a can it contain them type situation. And it's really not that far fetched, I say, from some of the stuff we would see nowadays. And so, you know, why do you have certain teams that are end up in a cage together? Why do you have certain elimination chamber? Like, you know, even like a war games, like you do have these various feuds and then whether it's a faction or because they're just, you know, they have a common enemy or common, whatever it might be, it makes sense for these teams to get together. So along with this, you actually had kind of the crossover. So you had the individual feuds and then trying to get into kind of why some of this stuff happened, though. Um, Sting, it was actually March after this Super Brawl. Sting kind of, you know, cutting a promo about who his uh, number one contender should be, who should take him on. It was actually the Dangerous Alliance that interrupted that. You had Rick Rude uh, throwing a drink at him. And so you ended up with a brawl between Sting and the Dangerous Alliance. And so right away, you know... It, makes sense you've got the faction go against your champ and so your champ is going to need people that are going to be with him um as you talked about we had a returning nikita koloff actually coming to rescue steam uh, or sting excuse me a steamboat actually continued his feud with rick rude and then you also had the tag teams they were continuing their feud as well too and so um Throughout all of this, then you had Nikita Koloff, you know, again, it was back and forth or it didn't really show who he was going to side with. But then it was late April siding with Sting about three weeks prior to the show. It was episode of Saturday night. And so because he likes Sting as a wrestler, he wanted to be on his team. And so um, I I actually really like the build on this one. I think it, it compared to some stuff we talk about, it does make a ton of sense where you've just got the, all the different people were all over the place. But all it really took was one kind of you know interrupted promo from the dangerous alliance on sting to really set up this match but there was already some uh i say some fuse or some animosity between everybody in the ring and so to me it doesn't really feel thrown together like yes the match uh you know it really didn't fully come together until kind of mid late april so barely a month out but the feuds themselves had been building 
And so it made a ton of sense for why then that these guys would need to have this type of match. And so I really enjoy this build. I thought it was you know really good. And so obviously this leads, as Tom already said, to the, the War Games match itself of Sting Squadron, who uh, we will see it's Sting, Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Ricky Steamboat against the Dangerous Alliance of Steve Austin, Rick Rude. You'll see Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. And of course, Medusa will be out there as well as uh, Pauly Dangerously as well so just like i really like this build i think it makes a ton of sense it does and i i just the names in this thing i mean as you're going through that i'm like man this is this is pretty yeah. wild so I, i'm i'm really looking forward to this one yeah me too and i'll get into after i've got the rankings for everybody you'll be surprised by how high some of these people were and so i think it made for that good of a show so yeah absolutely you ready for this one I am, man. Let's do it. Wrestle War 1992, Season 4, Episode 1 on Peacock. I don't know how much longer we're going to say that because I don't – it's not a given yeah. they're going to remain on Peacock. Uh, with everything happening, contracts, I don't know when certain contracts are ending or coming up, but, yeah, I, I think well, it's – They're negotiating uh, them now. I mean, you have Raw, you yep. have SmackDown, you have all this streaming stuff. Could one entity grab it all? Will Raw and SmackDown stay on their respective channels? Will it go to streaming? Nope. Will it be on cable? I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces here. ESPN's a player because of uh, all their stuff with the UFC. There's rumors of – uh, you know, uh, Warner, um, in Discovery yep. Warner, whatever it's called, being involved. I mean, who the hell knows? Um, there, yeah. there, there's a lot of people. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of products out there that are 52 weeks a year, two, three, four, five hours of live TV a week. I mean, it's a it's a valuable property, and you know, WWE, forty uh, percent women watch it. It's an older crowd, which means perhaps a little bit more money than. Uh, like an AEW fan that's younger and obviously a much smaller audience. So be interesting yep. to see what happens. Yep, um, absolutely. Russell War 1992, uh, we're at the two hour and 15 minute mark. Jeff, are you ready? Let's do this. All right, two hour, 15 minute mark. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. It reminds me of somebody like Jim Jones and Guyana leading his people into this situation. I wasn't caring with, comparing with Vince, and it will be stunning Steve Austin and Big Barry Windham, the television champion and the Whoa. former television champion. And baby, they're getting it on, and they're getting it on hard and fast in the early going. And Barry Windham was. Jay, I think this is uh, Ventura on the call. Yeah, and so I, I want to point out too, unlike some other Russell Wars, like there is just two people in the ring. And so normally as we're used to it nowadays, you've got all the competitors in the ring, but you've got a lot of people actually outside. You can see Sting in the background of the shot there as well, too. That's, um, how, they, that's how they did the war games. Remember they released them every couple minutes? Yeah, yeah. It just kind of setting up to start here. Yeah. Sometimes they've had everybody in there. So I would say the kids. It's interesting they put them on the outside of the ring like that. That's kind of cool. But yeah, theoretically, theoretically, if they hated each other, why wouldn't they get into a brawl outside the ring? How are you feeling about the uh, Austin, uh, I say, uh, rainbow-lettered tights that he has on with his name on the back? Should he go back to the uh, the black t trunks and the uh, rainbow lettering? Are you a fan of that? Man, that is a wild, uh, a wild a setup. setup. It's just, you know, I mean, Steve Austin with hair is crazy to see. Then uh, 
you know, rainbow colored tights with Austin written on the backs, pretty wild as well. And, and white boots. He just, it's just yeah. weird to see. Yeah. The purple, uh, purple knee pads. The, um, I will say, well, did you uh, see, speaking of Austin, did you, I mean, basically what he said about WrestleMania was, uh, yeah, just the schedule didn't line up with this TV show. I mean, I, but he it sounds like it sounds like he he would have wrestled. I from I think you and I read the same article. I feel like he wanted to wrestle. I want to wrestle. Like I, I'm 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 good. Like with you know, I, I I'm good doing a match if I have the time to prepare. I want it to be like a real match. Um, I just didn't have time to prepare, which says to me, SummerSlam, yep. WrestleMania next year. He, yep. He's getting back in the ring, you know. The, now there, there, there's the two. To me, there's the two money matches. There's him and Roman. But, but again, do you really want to see Steve Austin lose to Roman Reigns? Like, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, fine. I don't care if Cena loses to him, but I don't know if I want to see Austin. I don't want to see Austin lose at all. Okay. Who's the yeah. other guy? I'm gonna, well, who's the other guy? I'm going to say is the money match with with Austin. It'd be Cody. Oh, I think it's Lesnar. Ah, oh, well, that makes but, sense too. Yeah, see, Cody, I mean the baby face. I mean, but like this heel Brock, man. I, I, but again, how, how do you how do you do it in a way where Austin doesn't get fucked up? That's, yeah, it, that's the it, problem with, with I. Lesnar. I don't like like I, this goes back to oh big big diving clothesline there from Austin. It goes back to did Lesnar need to beat the Undertaker for like was it an incredible WrestleMania moment? Yes, and it'll live on forever. But do we need it? Like if did Undertaker or Brock need that? No, I feel like kind of the same way. Like I guess if someone's gonna beat Austin. Who needs it? Like do you do an Austin Theory and have him you know do the Legend Killer type stuff? Um, yeah, or do you put him like do I really want to see him in a tag match where you know it's like oh he's being protected like. Maybe you do like you do the kind of throwback and you do a KO in Austin versus, you know, solo. And, you know, maybe there's a Jay and Uso or Jimmy thing going on at the time. Maybe that's how you do the Roman stuff. And then solo takes the pin from KO or something. I don't know. But like, I just feel like, yeah, I I, I would, of course, love to see him back in the ring. But I, I think that there was especially in the lead up to Mania. I think we know now like he was having a lot more conversations and wanted it way better than any of us realized and so which i think it's interesting to know now yeah uh, i will say too it's interesting i don't know if you've noticed the design of the cage on this one it's got like uh obviously it's our typical war games but it's got like a lot of like sag in the middle at the top like it looks like the cave is kind of or the cage is kind of collapsing under itself all right so here we go we got the timer on the screen this now. Is, this down. Is before this is before dudes were diving off these things Yes, and also it was not constructed with footholds or any of that other stuff. Like this is, but I, but I do, I do hate, I do hate that because it, I, I just hate how small the roof is too. It just feels so small. Yeah, that's the problem. We know that injuries you could have got another. If you could have got another few feet out of the cage top, it would have been better. Austin bleeding. Barry Windham just bit his forehead. Bite. Oh, bite. For another entrant, right? Yep, and so we're counting down to another entrant. You got in the, in the foreground. You got Sting, kind of jawing with the Alliance as well, too, um, kind of making it interesting here. Yep. Three, two, one. And now the coin toss. Who 
Carl Taylor Jr. Rick Rude's your U.S. champion. He's coming in. Got the spray painted tights, obviously. I like I I like the coin flip. I, and so for, I know. For those of you at home, they Sting and the Alliance were kind of standing there. The referee did a ring fl- or a, a coin flip, pointed to the Alliance, and Rick Rick Rude then ran in. And so, uh, not necessarily the most effective way to do it ringside, but I like that. I think it t- you can. You can tell a story that way, as weird as it is. Yeah. Man, Rick Rude just on fire. He looked like fast. Up. He looks, looks great. Yep. You know, I gained a lot of respect for him when we watched that uh, Warrior Cage match, man. That SummerSlam main event. I was just yep. like, man, Rick Rude was good. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, before his time, in a lot of ways too. Like he just looked like just looks cut. Like looks really good. Austin on the middle rope now because he can't get to the top rope. Yep. So here we go. Now we're we're doing the quick. I said a quick oh, uh, okay. clock at this point. So that was probably yeah, thirty seconds. Two, two minutes. It feels like, huh? Uh, yeah, ninety seconds. We're right back to it. Austin is. I've really got a crimson mask there. Like that's interesting. Yeah, like a lot of blood. Uh, you got uh, blood all over Wyndham's trunks as well, too. Like, that's interesting. Yeah, Oliver's body. Yep. But Austin dripping pretty good. Yikes. Looks painful. Yeah, so you bring up the point, too. I guess what is the – we saw HBO and whatever it was kind of merge and is no longer HBO. Yeah, you so HBO, to- HBO Max streaming service is now just going to be called Max. Which is dumb as it's the dumbest really? fucking name. Really, really stupid. All right, so there. Steve Boat's coming in here. Oh boy, yeah, big pop for the Steamboat. How good are both of those guys, like Steamboat and uh, oh, and Austin, Austin, Blue. Yeah, Steam, Steamboat, to, boy, crowd is going nuts. Wow. Well, it's just WCW country, man. Jacksonville, yeah, Southeast, yep. they just they love these guys. So I think, so, you know, kind of looking up there, they're merging. Obviously, there's no wrestling content over there. Yeah, the network merged with Peacock. You know, eventually Peacock will buy somebody for a half or, you know, half of a billion and a half dollars or whatever, like just some crazy number or something. But um, I guess let's try and look to the future here. Like, what do you think the landscape of, you know, streaming wrestling or what's going to be available is going to look like in six months to 12 months? Well, so it's funny. I saw something the other day from Meltzer, and basically he said, oh, well, if AEW gets the same amount per hour for their TV deal, they're, they're just going to be killing it. Meaning, hey, they're, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, they're getting, I think it was $500,000 per hour from, um, from uh, Warner. Okay. So, oh, well, if they produce five hours of TV, two and a half million a week, gosh, they'll be killing it. Well, if you have to produce more TV, guess what? You need more talent. You need more mm-hmm. TV trucks. You need more production people. 
you're it, they're not making money on that. I mean, Eric Bischoff ran the numbers on his uh, podcast one time. He's like, "What do you think? Of, what do you think it costs to produce these TV shows?" And, 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 and I, right. you know, whatever the number was, it was a lot. It was even more than I would have guessed. So you know, they they got to make a big jump. But I just think that you know what I you know here's 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 what I'll say. Whatever happens from a streaming TV standpoint. Is whatever the networks want. Mm. Great spine buster by uh, Arn, by the way. Mm. Everybody's coming in just on fire as they enter. Yeah, hot as can be. Yep. So, so here's what I because I was I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm like, well, let's say that ESPN. I'm just making this up. ESPN really wants to be in business with WWE, and they say, hey, based on our NHL, NBA contracts, we have this massive void on Tuesday nights. And we're going to give you billions of dollars over the next 10 years, but we want Raw on Tuesday night. Mm. Or we want Raw on Monday night, but we want SmackDown on Tuesday nights. Then guess what? It's going to happen. So, you know, why is SmackDown on Friday? Because that's what Fox wanted. Why is Raw on Monday? I mean, yes, it's built in, and that's just kind of what they do now. But that's what USA wants. That's why it's three hours. You know, why are all the pay-per-views streaming? Because... They decided that that's what, you know, that's what Peacock wants. If ESPN, here's the thing, if ESPN does a major deal with WWE, they may say, hey, what are your 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 biggest pay-per-views? Your four big pay-per-views. Yep. We're, we're making millions from UFC on pay-per-view. So WrestleMania is no longer free. WrestleMania is now $100 for two nights. So, so the WWF, yeah, WWE has no say in this. I mean, sure, they can make suggestions and 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 show data, but these how we consume wrestling, free streaming, TV, non, you know, uh, pay per view. What I mean, it's all going to be dictated by whatever the network that wins the deal wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you touched on it too. Do you think we are going to see a UFC model of pay-per-views? Let me ask you that directly too. You know, if, if the buyer wants that, you know, and and again, I but I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, my my thought is WWE fans have now been conditioned, and for, don't forget the network's been around. It'll be ten years next year. So, mm-hmm. so for 10 years, we haven't paid a dime for a WWE pay-per-view. I yep. think it's really hard to put the toothpaste back in the bottle and say, hey, sorry, we're, we're going to start charging you again for pay-per-views. I think yes. WrestleMania, you could maybe get away with it because it's two nights. But, but again, it's going to be 100 bucks. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know why you would do that but again you just you got to look at the numbers and you got to say okay we think we can charge a hundred dollars for wrestlemania we think that there's um a half a million idiots out there that'll pay that hundred dollars including you and i so mm-hmm. that's 50 million dollars of revenue per year over t- over the next 10 years that's a half a billion dollars in, in re- and that's if we that's that's a conservative estimate because we may sell 750,000 of these. We may sell a million of these. We don't know how hot the product can get. We don't know how many eyes we can drive to that. So, I, yeah, I, I just don't know. But I think that, you know, that UFC model, man, they make they make a lot of money off pay-per-view. A yeah. lot. So I got to think if, East, uh, if ESPN 
buys it, they're going to look really, really hard at that model. Um, Endeavor, same thing. You know, what does Endeavor, how does Endeavor view the pay-per-view business? I don't know. They may say, hey, WWE fans don't have as much money as UFC fans. They haven't been paying for pay-per-views for 10 years. Leave it alone. Or they they may have already, my, my guess, I'll tell you this, Jeff, my guess is they've already made up their mind on what direction they'd like to go. Whether mm-hmm. they want to do pay-per-views or they want to continue to be free on streaming. I, I They're smart people. And I, and I think that if you looked at the numbers and you knew the numbers and you knew everything that they know about where the puck is going in terms of television, my guess is they already know. Uh, so, okay, focus on this match. We got everybody in the ring. You got Sting and Medusa on top of the page. Medusa had dropped a 1990s brick cell phone uh, into the cage. And so, yeah, so now they're, uh, and you got the Alliance. Sting is going to probably be the last man here, but the Alliance kind of dominating. Yeah, I'm with you. And well, and I wonder, does it turn into almost like a, um, like, okay, on top, it's an add-on. So we're subscribed to Peacock. So then do you get like a Peacock Plus, like ESPN, and then, oh, you get the pay-per-views for an extra 100 bucks a year. Like, you know, like what is that? Because that's like how ESPN Plus does it right now with some UFC. You get the, yeah. or maybe, it, okay, you get the first hour of the show, and then you got to pay for the rest of it. Like, you know, so then you're starting to look at different way that the cards are lined up. I, you know, I, I don't know. Well, and, and, and an interesting um, one, too, is the um, the NFL, you know, obviously Sunday ticket is now distributed by YouTube TV. So everyone went, oh, maybe you'll get it for free because of YouTube TV. Well, they had deal. They had their contracts with CBS, Fox, ESPN, ABC, whatever, whatever channels they're on. Right. The NFL yep. is not allowed to sell the Sunday ticket for under yes. three, 400 bucks. So yes. they weren't even allowed to do that. Even if YouTube said, we want to give it away for free or Apple or whoever won that. So they have to charge that, but that's, you're, you're exactly right. So I pay $70 a month for YouTube TV. Now I got to pay them $350 for the NFL. So mm-hmm. ESPN doing the pay-per-view. So yeah, I mean, there's, who knows? You know, the interesting part is in the end, Jeff, we're all going to end up spending a hell of a lot more on television than we used to. Yeah, because I think that's, I, I, the, that's the problem. Like, oh, the streaming's great. For $10, I get access to everything. Shit, what what are we into now? I, I've lost track, but I mean, I don't I'm probably paying 150 bucks a month for television. I got YouTube TV. I got Netflix. I got Hulu. Yep. You know, yep. on you already have, but then you have uh, Apple TV. Now, do you need all of those? You, the easy thing to say is, well, no, you don't need all those. But then guess what? You tell me, Tom, you've got to watch this documentary on Apple TV. It's awesome. Shit, now I got Apple Plus. You know, but I can't. I mean, you know, you can get cute with this stuff, but it's just, you know, it's so spread out. And then it's like, you know, Peacock's getting access to real one. Well, now you got to have Peacock. You know, what if, if WWE goes to ESPN, am I keeping Peacock? Yeah, because I watch The Office and I watch some stuff on there and Yellowstone's on there. And 
uh, or, or I could get Yellowstone on Discovery Plus. I mean, it's just wild, man. But again, at the end of the day, you're going to end up spending, if you're lucky and conservative, you're going to spend 100 If you buy everything, you're going to spend 200 I mean, it's it's wild. Well, and I wonder too, I know like I do MLB TV and I wonder, is it, like, I subscribe to that, but also like they do, uh, what is it? The, the free game of the day. So is it going to be like all of a sudden we get elimination chamber for free? Like, you know, they throw us a freebie. And so I think like the options are like that. They're, they're, they're just limitless, you know, you know, options of what they could or could not do. Oh my gosh. Dustin Rhodes is just dripping down wow. his body and face. Oh. Yikes. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes um, I think every man in the ring is bleeding right now, Jim Ross. Arms, wow. Arms got a mask there. Yep. Wow. Um, crazy. But yeah, I, it's like, I think the next, I really like, you know, six months, I don't think we'll see anything maybe this year, but getting into like 24, like, yeah, it's eventually here. Endeavor has to kind of step on, on the leash and say, Hey, quit running around. Like, you know, the, this is what we're going to do. Um, do you have thoughts too on I know part of the deal that came out uh, at the end there was they weren't going to do it unless Vince remained in the role that he had remained in. Are you surprised by that? I know that he, there was a lot of shit online of like, you know, screw Endeavor for making Vince stay around. And now we're starting to see some of the ramifications of that, of stories being changed. And, you know, Vince is still very hands-on with creative, it feels like. And so are you surprised that that was a part of the deal? I am not like it makes sense to me, but I don't know how you feel. I mean, typically when you purchase a company, you want the founder to stick around because of the value they bring. And, mm. you know, the, the thing with Vince, you have to understand is that, and again, this isn't just about creative and tearing up scripts. This is about, everything inside the WWE universe. Yep. His institutional knowledge, what he brings to the table to that business, there are there are some massive negatives, but the positives significantly outweigh it. Now you could yep. say, "Oh, well, tell Vince not to get involved with creative." Well, his, his son-in-law runs it. He's going to you could tell him not to, but he's going to. So you just have to accept the good with the bad. Um yep. and, and here's the thing, I, I, again, I will. Here's what I said initially, and I'll say it again, Jeff. There were so many scenarios that were worse than what we got. We yep. now have the organization that runs the UFC has blown up the UFC. People said, "How in the hell can you spend four billion for the UFC?" I was kind of in that camp. I was like, "Man, that's a hell of a Me lot too. of money." It was a bargain. It yep. was a steal. Okay. They have grown that brand exponentially. They're going to do the same thing with the WWE. Okay. Yep. Internationally, it's going to blow up. They're going to get way better TV deals. They're going to do more cross promotion. You know, you're not going to love seeing all the sponsorships for the matches, but they're going to generate 50 million a year in sponsorships from WrestleMania alone eventually. Okay. So they're, and, and, and what, well, what, what's that going to do? Well, that's going to give you money to say, hey, Steve Austin, here's $5 million. We want you to come back. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Edge, can you do another match or two? You know, you want the wrestlers to be taken care of and well compensated. Well, tens of millions of dollars in sponsorships does that. So, again, what were the alternatives? Saudi government being involved or buying the WWE outright. 
Disney buying it. Uh, you know, Warner buying. I mean, you know, what, ha- what happened to WCW? AOL Time Warner merged and they took a three or $400, $400 million a year business, WCW. They're making like a $50 million profit in 1998. Okay. It was gone three years later. Have yeah. you ever, I mean, how many times in the history of business can you? think of a company that was a half a billion dollar a year entity that went was gone within a few years and people don't even remember it it's just gone it just yep. poof it just vanished so you know oh well you know disney you know how many things disney fucks up you know how many things warner fucks up i mean yeah. microsoft i mean th- these companies screw up per- uh, uh, mergers and acquisitions all the time yep well, you, you, WWE, there's no way they'd be gone in five years. Mark my words. They could have, they could have completely screwed it up. So it was the best case scenario. Now, if you say, oh, but we also wanted Endeavor to tell Vince McMahon to go away. He may have not taken that deal. So I'm fine yeah. with it, man. I also think that Vince's involvement is so overblown and, and it's just a handful of mid and low lower card people squealing to Sean Ross Sapp and Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller. Oh, Vince is involved. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yep. Um, Dustin Rhodes on the top rope. They're trying to jump off the rope, bleeding like crazy. Did you see the Dusty Rhodes A&E documentary yet? I have not yet. I'm very behind on all please, of those. Please, I know that please, disappoints please, you. Please watch that one and let me know what you think. It was out of this world. Incredible. Uh, man, it was really, really just gut-wrenching and awesome. And, oh, man, it was great. So this too, I, the ring is covered in blood too at this point. They have taken the top turnbuckle off the corner. Like, I say not the pad. Like, the entire turnbuckle rope is, like, off. And so, oh, and there you've got Zabisco missing with the turnbuckle. We've never seen that, I don't think, ever. Using the turnbuckle kind of tie, the metal tie to uh, hit, uh, tried to hit Sting and miss, Zabisco did. I can't tell who he's got locked up there. Bobby Eaton, I believe. Calling for the bell at this point, yep. Is that a tap? Would Bobby Eaton tap out? I believe so, yep. The only thing tough about that is there's so much chaos. Dangerously, he's on it right as Zabisco. As well he should be. Zabisco's the one that hit beautiful. Hard in the foreground. Oh my gosh. That looks like a gigantic gash on his forehead, yep. Bisco the crutcher said he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah. Daniels and Lance looks like they're falling apart. There's a winning team. I said, we tell the winners and the losers. Yeah. Jesus Christ. How many times? 
All right, let's get to the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. What'd you think? I thought the ending was a little chaotic. I think we kind of lost, uh, like, lo- you kind of lost track of what was happening at some points. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to let that kind of get uh, be, be a ding on this. I thought it was very good. They're telling a story right now, even after the match. Saw some things we didn't normally see. It was brutal as hell. I, uh, for, you know, I obviously have to do some notes before the show. And so it was like, yeah, bloody affair. And, you know, you read that, like, you know, nowadays you're like, okay, whatever. This was, I mean, there is it is a blue ring mat that has turned red like that is crazy okay, yes. so sabisco hits his partner eaton with the metal piece of the turnbuckle and then i think sting taps him out with like an arm yeah. bar or something yep that's what it looks like yep crazy so but it's um, so tough with 10 guys in the ring it's so tough to see and it's not like it's not like sting's arm bar was uh, the ankle lock where it's like you're looking for it like right. how would you yeah. how would you have known what the hell was going on so I think it keeps everybody looking strong too they got a young uh, Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone here too uh, that's always funny so okay so you actually had the alliance kind of breaking up after this you had Rude and Medusa kind of going their own separate ways you had Anderson and Eaton actually uh, kind of a little bit of a faction with Michael Hayes at this point um, and so when they came back to Pauly, uh dangerously he fired Medusa and so that kind of played out so you of course you had the the Rude and Medusa stuff doing that you had uh, and this was pre-Flying Brian Austin like and so they actually he went on after this match to form the tag team with uh, Brian Pillman. Um, it was actually the end of this year, Clash of Champions. This would have been 21. That's when you had the uh, Dangerous Alliance disbanding in full. Um, and Paul E. Dangerously, uh, you know, the, we've all heard the story before the, um, you know, leaving WCW. As, as I put in my notes here, it sounds a little extreme to me, but uh, we know what happened after this. And so, um, you know, very interesting. Um, uh, so we had that, but of course, Sting went on to like everybody in this one, you know, had kind of went their own kind of separate ways and doing different things. But Sting, um, ended up having his feuds with Vader as well, too, as we know, def- uh, defended the title, um, uh, against Vader just you know a little prior to this one. And so you had Wyndham dropping the title to Austin, and so some of the feuds did kind of continue and things like that. Um, you know, just, so just a lot happening. These teams, nothing, you know, uh, it didn't, I say they went their separate ways, but the feuds kind of went back, which is why I, love, I appreciate the build and kind of what they did on this one. Um, you have Steamboat and Rude actually having their culmina- or culmination match. It was the Iron Man challenge at Beach Blast, which Steamboat won. Um, you had him beating Stunning Austin or Stunning Steve Austin for the te- television championship. So it's just a lot of different stuff here. Um, you know, Koloff feuding with rude and so everybody they everybody had their feuds ahead of time we had this show and then you really had all kinds of other feuds that were coming off of this as well too and so i'd say really good stuff and kind of how it played out and just what we got to see so um pwi on this one like i said we discussed this at the start of the show thought it was really interesting to see some of these numbers so we'll start with the squadron sting was number one in 1992 you had ricky steamboat at six barry windham at 13 nikita koloff at 17 and dustin rhodes at 36 you got an average of 14 and a half 
for Sting Squadron. But then the Alliance, you had uh, Rick Rude was number four, Steve Austin was 10, Arn Anderson 19, Eaton 27, and Larry Zabisco 50. So, um, and they averaged a 22. So 14 taken out of 22, and you have five people in the ring. That's one of the, you know, that's a really high kind of, you know, rating in regards to who's in there. Uh, Meltzer did give this one five stars. It was the top of the match poll as well, too, by a long way um, in regards to what the best one was here. Um, just kind of a, a real brutal affair, like we said. And so, Tom, I, this is a Meltzer five star. What what are you thinking on this one? Uh, I I did not. Uh, five stars is is a little generous. I mean, I think in terms of a payoff score, I'll give this thing an eight. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought it was kind of a bloodbath and a lot of fun and great talent in the ring and the crowd was going nuts. So I, I really liked it. Again, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go above that though. I thought really tough to see the finish. Um, you know, it's funny we we bitch about Kevin Dunn and oh WWE's overproduced, but because it's overproduced, you don't miss stuff. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you, it's it, you knew what was going on. So this was a little like kind of there was things you missed and the finish was kind of tough to see. So, anyways, I I got it neat. What about you? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I, I actually was a seven and a half. I think that it was. Uh, the blood didn't overdo it for me. Um, you know, I think that I, it just, just feels like a better kind of like through fair of some of the other stuff we've seen. Like the build made a ton of sense. The match itself, they did a really good job. You protected really everybody in the match by having Zabisco, um, you know, try and hit Sting, but then missing and Eaton is the one that kind of takes the hit. And so you kind of really keep everybody in the ring strong. Um, and so you don't have to mess with that too much. I just feel like overall this really, um, they did a good job. You know, this they, they were hot at this point. And so it's, it is interesting, like a lot of the feuds that we know, um, I, I always enjoy when a lot of these things predate a lot of the crazier things or like the real highlights, like even Austin, this was before, you know, the blondes, this was, you know, long before ECW, like there was just a lot of stuff that, you know, war games, even itself, there hadn't been a whole lot of war games matches. So it was really interesting to see how those played out as well, too. And so I thought that was really good. So I like a lot that I really like about this. Uh, like I said, I wish I could score it higher, but at the same time, like it just, it, it was really good. I would recommend people going back and seeing this one, even though our scores may not seem like that. I do think that it was the storytelling. I, again, I've always said I like the storytelling in the ring. I thought they did a really good job with that. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, we got another good one next week that I don't remember, uh, but I'm really looking forward to Chris Jericho, Rob Van Dam, King of the Ring 2002. So that's it for this one. This was a fun one, man. I, I'm glad you found this. 198 done, uh, 199 next week, man. Like just freaking crazy, but we're doing this. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. We'll see you next week on an all new episode, number 199 of The Pack.